0: Next? Yeah, who's next? Welcome to the climb. This is a show dedicated to helping singers like you, songwriters like you, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. That's what you're going to need. You're going to need a little leverage. Not your hat in your hand, not luck, but leverage. And that's why this podcast exists. We want you to win. We want to be inspirational, motivational, and most of all, educational so that you know really what's going on, so that you're not telling yourself stories, that you know the real deal, and you can get out there and make a difference. And that's why we called it The Climb. It stands for Creating Leverage in the Music Business. See what we did there? See, we did? See, mm-hmm. see what Brent did? Clever. Genius. Uh, with that, I want to introduce you to my co-host and master wordsmith, Mr. Brent Baxter. Brent is an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady Annabellum, Joe Nichols, and more. And he also helps songwriters like you turn pro by teaching the art, the craft, and the business of songwriting. And you can find Brent at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. Hey, and I would like to
1: introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. It's an innovative artist development company. They help you find your sound, and they help you find your audience. Not only do they develop and improve your artistry, they also grow and monetize your fan base, creating that cash flow.
0: Money, 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 money.
1: daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like colin ray tracy lawrence ty herndon and andy griggs just to name a few you can find johnny at daredevilproduction.com. that's production a singular no s and we know why there's
0: no s because there is only one johnny d thank goodness for that sure Amen, my mother bro. my mother thanks everybody for that <laughs> <laughs> yeah bless her heart
1: how you doing brother Man, I'm rocking along. I'm rocking along. And I'm I'm going to rock along and, and just ride the wave because I don't have to do that much talking because it's a Johnny episode. Man, I got a little bit of a rant today. I mean, I gotta, and then I can really sit back. I'll just, I'll just You just go. I'll just go grab a snack. And I'll just come back I'm and check m- in and say, see you at the top.
0: I'm a little wound up. I mean, I'm not going to mm-hmm. lie. I've been thinking a lot about this for like the last two weeks. We've had several conversations about it. Mm-hmm. And um, it is... I mean the writing's on the wall and and it's about um it's really about your success in the music industry and and how obvious it is that artists and record labels need to adapt. And I'm gonna give you the title. Title Mm -hmm. is Ignorant Boxers and Your Success in the Music Industry. (laughs) <laughs>
1: try to keep, try to keep this brief. <laughs> yeah, I've
0: been sitting that. on that one you're all so night long. Good, you're so good. There we go. So okay. good. Such a pro. But hey, before that, we're going to do yep. uh, a little bit. We got a review to go over, right? You're going to read one? Yes,
1: off, we print? do. We have a tasty, tasty five-star
0: review
2: Ooh.
1: called, and the title is Music Business Psychology 101. This is by Kermit the Pod. Mm. Yes, I'm going to do my worst Kermit. Hi-ho, Kermit the Frog. (laughs) That was the worst Kermit the Frog. But in honor of you, Kermit the Pod. All right, so it says, School shouldn't be so complicated to understand or make A's in for your success. If you plan on graduating into a music career, let Brent and Johnny take you to school each day. The Climb gives you the answers to all the tests. Thank you, guys. With this, I won't even need lunch money. I'll be home by noon.
0: Oh, out of class early because you got school. I love oh. it. <laughs> Thank you, Kermit. Thank you, Kermit the Pod. There we go. Well, hey, man, That's- you know, I, I was, um. I, and by the way, if, if, we really appreciate these reviews. If, if you like what you're hearing, please, if you haven't done it already, leave us a rating and review on iTunes. We will read it. We will make you famous. And, uh-huh. um... Make sure you share this. Share it with other people. Let them know. Let your other bandmates know. Let your other artists know, because they could use some some guidance here, and we don't want them going down the path of the old record business, because that mm. is kind of what we're going to get into right here today, segues beautifully into that. But um, man, I was um, on, my, uh, on my Facebook feed. I got lots of different things I belong to on Facebook, because... Um, all my! Different artists. I'm looking for content to DJ, and they have different interests. Mm-hmm. You know, everything from yeah. four by four trucks to jazz groups and stuff. You know, <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, one of them was a boxing. This boxing Facebook page, and I stumbled across a three minute, three minute video on my Facebook feed that was a compilation of nothing but Mike Tyson knockouts. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I mean, I'm a boxing fan, MMA fan. It was. It was fantastic. I watched that whole thing like with my jaw down. Like it's just that dude was incredible. You know, mm-hmm. like bomb. And that one hit. Oh yeah, and that one time he hit Will Smith and Jazzy Jeff and the,
1: <laughs> the Fresh Prince. Oh yeah, Is that that's my favorite fight. And he felt like his legs fell off. <laughs> yeah,
0: sorry, yeah. that that probably wasn't real. Uh, right, but I, but but you know what? I mean, you wouldn't know because Sorry. that's 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 why it works so well. It's because most of his knockouts, right, were happening like in the first or second round. Like a whole, like a, an abnormal yeah. amount of them. And with one punch, not the, the combo, not right. the, not just- the oh, I stunned him. Now I'm going to get in and finish the job. No, it's just like pop, and he's down. He's out, knocked out. Mm-hmm. Whole. You know, it was insane. So- and just for, just for the
1: record, he didn't really hit Will Smith. That was the Fresh Prince and- Whatever that group it's a was, TV show, right? That was a yeah. When they, you DJ know, when he Jazzy was in the, and the and Fresh Prince. Prince, yeah, he had a song called "I Think I Can Beat Mike Tyson." Yeah. I Spoiler that. alert: He didn't. He didn't. Yeah.
0: Anyway, so um, so I got him this like really crazy binge, and I started just watching like a bunch of old boxing, you know, mm-hmm. on YouTube, pulling up uh, Sugar Ray Leonard and some really old stuff like Sugar Ray Robinson and Rocky Marciano mm-hmm. and. In the 70s and the 80s fights, Roberto Duran, Sugar Ray Leonard, uh, Mike Tyson, uh, Don King. <laughs> Don King's there the whole time. Yeah. And it's, so, so, so it gets me thinking, right? That, um, like no matter who wins, Don wins? Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause sometimes he's representing both fighters, okay, which yeah. which was fascinating, right? But, um, if you, and by the way, if you're not aware of Don King, if you're not a boxing fanatic, Don King was one of the most successful body boxing promoters on the planet. And he's also uh, arguably one of the shadiest individuals ever, okay?
1: With the best hair.
0: Yeah, with the best, the like, crazy hair. He's the, he's the black dude with the crazy hair that's sticking straight up in the air, but it's gray on top, and he looks, mm-hmm. like, a, like, a, he looks like a mushroom cloud. Like, it's all- <laughs> a bomb went off on the top of his head, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so Don, and, and it's not just Don. Like, Don, along with a ton of, of boxing promoters... Uh, were famous for finding boxers with promising talent and screwing them royally uh, out of most of the money that they could be making. Mm -hmm. And they would find these boxing diamonds in the rough, these kids, and they were gifted at a young age, but they were from the ghetto, man. So they Mm -hmm. were broke, uneducated, naive, and desperate. And those magic ingredients—naivete, lack of education, extreme poverty, and despondency—made all of these young boxers very easy prey for these fight promoters. And this is like a—it's—it's such a famous story. It's almost a cliche, but they—it's because it happened all the time. They would roll in there with a briefcase of fifty thousand dollars and a brand new Cadillac for the boxer, Mm -hmm. and they felt like they were rich and they looked like they were rich. So the you know their mamas were happy, the the neighborhood was impressed, and that's all. Mm -hmm they needed, but meanwhile, they're, they're, they're putting thousands of people in seats to watch mm-hmm. them fight, and, and Don King is charging hundreds of dollars, even back in the 70s, thousands mm-hmm. of dollars to go and see that, and then the networks were paying millions of dollars to broadcast that fight. And then we got into pay-per-view in the 80s, and it was just yeah. insane, the amount of revenue that they were collecting, and you really had to kind of stick around for a while Bef- you know, and really be in the limelight the really, really big shows before you were going to make any money as a boxer but there was all kinds of business going on prior to that mm-hmm. and that's what I want to talk to you about I mean, as long as there's that at boxer um, that, uh, that has a lot of talent there's going to be a Don King standing right behind him with one hand on the microphone going, America's great he is the greatest boxer in the world I love America and his other hand's in his pocket yeah right, and um so I mean, most boxers ended up broke. They didn't have the wherewithal to learn the business. They didn't understand mm-hmm. the value at that stage of the game. King had a huge personality and he was a genius at manipulating the media, the consumers, the talent, and arguably some of the events. Mm-hmm. right but again he's 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 the one pulling the strings. He's the third party, so right now. Here's the bombshell. The same is true for artists, and to an extent, Mm -hmm. record labels. You're the ignorant boxer. You're the ignorant boxer. Because, uh, and this is what gets me wound up. Uh, You're the ignorant boxer as the artist, and the role of Don King is being played by companies like Spotify, Spotify, Pandora, Deezer, Slacker, all terrestrial radio stations mm-hmm. and record labels. You know, if you're the writer, you get paid by the terrestrial radio station, but not if you're the performer yeah. in America. That was a backdoor mm-hmm. hustle back in 1940 that, that still stands today. Uh, right. Different over in Europe, um, but not if you're American because Europe's like, this is the dumbest thing we've ever seen, so whenever your artists come over here, we're not going to pay them for performance either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which, is, which is sick. And uh, But listen to me, Even this is not just indie artists. This is science. Artists. This is your icons. This is your superheroes. Superstars like Taylor Swift, Jay-Z, Lady Gaga, U2, AC, DC do not know who their customers are. They know the demographics of who their customers are, but they don't actually have the contact information. But Spotify does. Mm-hmm. iTunes has all that information, too. So who wins? They win. They get the all the money. Yeah, they'll never share that information because if they did, they would become irrelevant. So just, just on a common sense level, forget about how like, deep we're going here into the business, but just on a common sense level, if there's something in your head that's saying, you know what, I'm going to wait one more day before I start to figure out how to collect contact information because it can wait. If it's mm-hmm. not that important, why won't they tell you? And guess why won't else? they
1: give you the information?
0: Yeah, why won't they tell you who your customer actually is? You know, they'll give you metrics of oh, they're from these clicks came from this country and this stream came from that country, but who is it? I want to mm-hmm. reach out to that guy and thank him and create a relationship. Uh, uh-uh. uh, you're not going to do that, and uh, and and this is such this. This upsets me so much that in in 2003, iTunes was delayed because Apple had 400 million email addresses. And in order to open iTunes and kind of make it viable, what did they need? They needed the brand names. They -hmm. needed the artists. And so in order to get those artists on there, they had to go... To the people who own the masters, and the people who own the mm-hmm. masters are the record labels, and they had to get license agreements for those. Yeah. And, and the record labels held out for 18 months saying, we're not going to give you anything, which, by the way, stalled the, either the progress or the complete launch of iTunes, because they're mm-hmm. like, we want to know who's buying. And yeah. Steve Jobs said, screw you. And finally, they just acquiesced and said, okay. And so he did screw him. And so he did screw him. So, All right. So in this situation, so that third party company is going to be the record label for you. I mean, I promise you, if you're the ignorant boxer, if you're the ignorant artist, there without an audience and a lot of talent, there is a crappy record deal waiting for you. Okay. And um, and I'm upset at the record labels at why they don't understand um, that they that they sh- it's so easy to own it and they don't own it and they're making deals with. Spotify like record labels are in it with Spotify. How many stories have you heard on Facebook, on the news about some guy with a million spins and he's got you know $2.50 enough to buy a cup of coffee, right? Mm-hmm. I was just yeah, out with a publishing of friend of ours who told me that um, for every $600 he makes on spins, the record labels make $6,000. Now, now think about that. It makes sense that they have to be in on it with them, right? Because what is Spotify without the brand names? The only people, reason people are going there is to find music that they already know,
1: right. that yeah. they're
0: already aware of, right? So they're going there. So Spotify's like, hey, we got this cool widget right over here. It's real slick. It's real shiny. It's really awesome like that. But we need you to come in. And the record label's like, well, you know, uh, what kind of deal can we work out? Because the record labels Mm -hmm. own the masters and they're not going to let that go without getting something paid for it. But then who gets screwed? You do, the songwriter. You do, the artist. You get screwed because iTunes and Spotify and Pandora are doing what the record labels and what you, the artist, doesn't want to do. Collect the data. You know? And they're collecting data. They're collecting subscriptions. Here's what they're doing. They're marketing Spotify, iTunes, Pandora All these companies are marketing mm-hmm. like, moder- like a modern day Online business But labels and artists are Luddites Bitching about the glory days And the way it used to be They're not adapting And labels don't get it Because it's never been done that way And that's the only reason Even though every other business is doing Is, 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 is doing their business this way Outside of the music industry They just won't adapt I mean, think about it. Amazon, Dell Computer, Apple Computer, your favorite grocery store, gas station, if you've got a gas station card, restaurants. If mm-hmm. restaurants ping your phone and let you know, hey, we've got specials going on. The airlines, if you've got frequent flyer miles. The department stores, if you get emails from the department store that says, hey, we've got this sale or that sale. This mm-hmm. is permission marketing. This is yeah. the way the world is working right now for everybody. I know people that don't even go to the store hardly anymore, or at least not for, they go for for perishable food but uh-huh. they don't get toilet paper or paper towels or you know that paper goods they just mm-hmm. Amazon delivers they have Amazon Prime it's free shipping they buy it at a, at the same cost as the store and it just shows up at their house
1: yep I mean it, and Amazon goes oh you like this you might like this too we know everything you bought we know what people that bought this other stuff that you bought also bought so we can make recommendations
0: I mean, I. I like, we were talking. We were, talking, we were Just, talking with the publisher about like an artist, like some of the artists that you know, some of the female artists that are signed, that are great writers, that have a mm-hmm. brand right now, that have been on TV, that have mm-hmm. singles on the air, but they can't break through. They can't get into that closed club. And you know why? Because they're trying to do it one way and one way only through the velvet rope of terrestrial radio. Yeah. Which is fine, and it's extremely powerful. It's losing its power, but it's still extremely powerful right now as mm-hmm. we speak. Uh, if somebody says, I'm going to put your song on the radio, you're not going to say, no way, I've got a better idea. You're going to do it. But it's, they don't have the audience, that they, and they're not in touch with that audience, and they can't grow on it because they don't know who they are. So mm-hmm. it's like darts in the dark every single time they come out with a new single. What would the music business look like if all these iconic artists and all the indie artists like you had databases and knew exactly who their customers were. would mm, be wonderful? What? 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 What if all artists had <laughs> their customer credit card numbers stored for them? It's it's an inexpensive app on your WordPress website or whatever mm-hmm. whatever website platform you use, there is an inexpensive app that will store those credit cards, Stripe, something like that, where it's, you mm-hmm. don't have to deal with it, you don't have access to it, it's completely safe, and you can store it for them, so next time they come back to buy again, it's an easy click.
1: Mm-hmm. You know? And then you can actually reach out to them and let them know when you have something
0: else they can buy. Exactly, and you can do it for free!
2: For free,
0: for free, F-R-E-E, all you got to do is collect that data. All you got to do is go through the behavior modification. You know, Don King companies like Spotify, I'm using the metaphor not as in Don King owns Spotify because he doesn't, they would lose their power. Some of them may become irrelevant. Mm -hmm. Now that you may think like, oh, they're so big, they can never feel blah, blah, blah. But well, just think about what the internet did for the complete travel agency business. Mm-hmm. But oh, yeah! out of the water. Forget about it. Post. Yeah, who thinks about calling their travel agents? They just go to their favorite travel right. website. It's significantly changed the auto sales industry because consumers are coming in more educated on the vehicle that they want to purchase than the salesman. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, because they can research it beforehand and they go, well, Kelly Blue Book says it's worth this. Yeah, well, or I no, went no, no. on Carfax and they said this. Or yeah, I, went and I, on-
0: I know I can get the the aluminum things with the power thing. And I know this is blah, 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 blah. And and basically they can order online. They just go down there to pick it up and sign the paperwork. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's crazy with that. And, and how about, I mean, if the artists had that, if the artists decided to take that power or the labels decided to take that power for themselves and build that up over time, I mean, it could, it could absolutely, if it doesn't obliterate companies like Spotify, it could. it's going to change the relationship significantly. And, mm-hmm. and for artists who come in with an audience to a record label, that's going to change your relationship with the record label significantly. Now they need you just as much as you need them. It's not a hope and a promise.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? It's like, no, I already got some cash flow going, and you boys better step it up, or I'm going across the street. Right, yeah. And you can do it. Right. And, and, and I mean, if you don't need Spotify to get your music to fans anymore, then I yeah. promise you, like if all the artists, if we could wave a magic wand and all artists had knew exactly who their customers were from Taylor Swift all the way down to everybody listening to my voice. And they all knew from whether you got five fans or five billion fans, if everybody knew who they were and had their contact information. OK, the deals of the, 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 the Spotify, we'd be getting a lot more per spin. Songwriters would get paid more. Um, you know, the bottom line is Spotify doesn't have traffic unless they, millions of people are looking for their, unless they, Spotify doesn't have a business unless they have traffic. And they don't have traffic mm-hmm. unless millions of people are looking for their favorite artists and titles and songs that they are aware of. That, by the way, Spotify ain't paying for that. Right. Record labels are paying for that. And at the end of the day, if the artist is making money, record labels aren't paying for it. The artist is paying for it. <laughs> yeah. So, so um, you know, Spotify can't represent the brands that they don't have license agreements for. So, um, it, it just occurs to me that back in the day, those ignorant boxers, they didn't have a choice. They couldn't target, connect, and grow their audience without characters like Don King. Okay, but you can.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And still, you don't you don't this is the hardest part of Daredevil right here. People pay me good money to help them market, and they won't go through the behavior modification because mm-hmm. they don't understand and um I mean like here's here's another example of how huge this is. We've talked about this before, but it just bears repeating for decades and decades and decades and decades and decades. the richest people in Texas were the oil tycoons mm-hmm. old money right mm-hmm. old money. The bushes, the, the. Um, I'm trying to think of some other big names. I can't. They're eluding me right now. But mm-hmm. so this one dude. Comes in and, and for hundreds and hundreds of years, if you made a widget, you put it in distribution if you wanted to sell it outside of the town that your factory, your widget factory was in. You mm-hmm. had to be in the JCPenney catalog. You had to be in Kmart. You had to be in Best Buy. You had to be in CompUSA. You had to be in these huge distributorships, Kohl's, you know, whatever your you know, Nordstrom's, whatever. Like you had to be there or you weren't going to sell the product. But in order to be there, you're only selling your product for 50% of the pro- what, you would, what you're charging. Yeah. Right. What the what the retail prices. So you only get half the money. But the, the, here's the thing, quote unquote, we make it up in volume. Right. That was mm-hmm. the deal with distribution. But then Michael Dell comes in and says, well, the Internet started up. We seems to me we can go out and find everybody. And they want to I'm spending the money to make the computer, to create the computer, to mm-hmm. to dream it up, to make it a reality. And then a fortune. Getting the word out and making people aware of it, and getting in the consumer's mind with my with my product. Why do I want to give half the money away to a distributor? They can just come to me, right? Yeah. Seven years later, he's the richest guy in Texas,
1: <laughs>
0: and not by a couple votes, man. You know, like <laughs> like by billions of dollars, he's blowing everybody out of the water because he's like, if you want to get what I got to offer, you got to come to me, mm-hmm. and. And then guess what happened after that? The whole, there was multi-hundred million dollar distribution businesses that were publicly traded companies that collapsed in a decade. They collapsed. They're gone. Because what's the power of a distributor? There's only one thing that a distributor has that the original equipment manufacturer the creator doesn't have. And what's that? Access to customers. Yeah, the relationship with the end user. Mm -hmm. Distributors never shared their information with the original. No, 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 no. You want to get an Apple? We'll make that happen. That's why mm-hmm. you got us. You know, you just go through us and you keep that going. And this is what Spotify is doing to you, man. <laughs>
1: yeah. You want you,
0: you to you reach your end user? Hey, Johnny, have you ever read the book Freakonomics?
1: No. Uh, you need to check out that book, Freakonomics. Um, I used to have it. I don't have it anymore. But one thing they talk about is um, like real estate agents and mm-hmm. the power of information. Mm-hmm. We need real estate agents because it's too complicated or whatever. They have all this information we don't have. Some of it by you know we're not supposed to have because you gotta be licensed, whatever. So check that out. Read it. I will. That section of it. Let me know what you think. I will. I but, will. Yeah. And and that also makes me think maybe a topic for a future episode that might be helpful for people is saying, okay, what if somebody's like, okay, I'm going out, I'm playing shows. How do I go about collecting some of that contact information? I don't. I don't know if we've covered that yet. Have we covered that? Some If episode. we haven't, then I'm an idiot. Then we got to do that. I'm not sure. Or I, maybe time for a refresher. But yeah, I think you're right. I need, we need to look it up because I know we've done what we're in episode sixty-seven, sixty-eight, something like that. So sixty-eight. Yeah, sixty-eight. Yeah. So maybe we've already covered it because it's been many moons. Uh, but if not, that that'd be something too. Just like some.
0: I mean, we can on. help them out with the squeeze pages, too. We can do that. They're inexpensive. Um, mm-hmm. We charge for them, but they're inexpensive. It's 150 bucks, and you'll have one that converts, you know, mm-hmm. and it's killer. And you just got to remember to do it. You know, you got to remember to do it live. Ball game. Yeah, you got to remember to do it on your social media, everything. But here's the thing. You have the ability to connect directly with your audience, circumventing the proverbial Don Kings, circumventing... Mm-hmm. Spotify. But you tell yourself, I don't have time, I don't understand social media, I hate marketing because I'm an artist. And for this reason you suffer. And you will continue to suffer, and not for nothing. The music industry continues to suffer until your passion for the dream dries up with your artist's soul. And by the way, some point in time, God forbid, but it just it's just the way it works, Keith is gonna die. You know, Keith Richards is finally going to die. The Stones are going to die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Paul McCartney's going to die. Uh, Billy Joel's going to die. They're old. They're in their seventies. They're in it's their seventies. It's going to happen. It's going to happen in the next couple years. And when that happens, that's forty percent of our top-grossing at- tours from last year. Mm-hmm. How disgusting is that? Yeah. The other two artists um, are in their mid-fifties, which is Celine Dion and Guns and Roses. Wow. So, they're, they're coming right up there. You know, there's only, we only got mm-hmm. two artists that, that, grossed, uh, that were in the top 10 grossing tours last year. They're in the 20s. So, this wow. is because we don't know what we're doing, but we, we need to learn, okay? Okay, who are those two artists? Bieber and Adele. There we go. Wow. But check this out. So, 10, uh, 30 years ago, 1987, top 10 grossing tours of that year, three of the artists were in their 30s. Ozzy mm-hmm. Kiss and Aerosmith and everybody else was in their 20s and everybody else was Madonna, mm-hmm. Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. U2, Bon Jovi, Def Leppard. I mean th- these amazing talents that stuck around forever, but we just stopped yeah. planting new trees because we're not taking care because uh, and guess what? Companies like Spotify and Pandora, these are I, I promise you the- these are turnstile corporations. I can't imagine they're going to be around in 20 years. I don't, yeah. th- I don't think they will be unless they unless the deal changes and they come up because if all the artists and all the record labels had knew who their customers were and didn't need Spotify, it's just applying their software technology as an aggregate to keep right. the playlists right. And just like everybody can submit here, but instead, like we already know who our customer is. So what's you know, if you want some traffic from us, <laughs> right? Exactly, you got to cut us a better deal. <laughs> As opposed to here's a here's a crumb. We're gonna be over here at the table, with the big boys eating steak. You know, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um. But um. Hold on a second. There we go. So um. Yeah, I mean, Expedia knows who you are. Artists, you know, artists have art. Therefore, they have the fans, and their brands create the traffic. And until they learn to do this themselves, there's always going to be a Spotify or a label to do it for them. And I and I cringe. I hope this sort of explains why I cringe still when I hear remarkably gifted artists who want to get a deal right now, but they don't have an audience. You know, Mm -hmm. what what if the label says yes, right? You're screwed. You get to tell your mom that you're signed, and that you're, and that's real super fun until you realize that your record deal plus two dollars and fifty cents is going to get you a cup of coffee at Starbucks. Right. You need to get an audience. Now think about this. Think about so this is not dreams. This is not pie in the sky. Tim McGraw just left Big Machine with the Sony. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. I don't know the specifics of the hit deal, but I promise you, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Why does Tim McGraw have a really awesome deal? Because I got 30, what is it, 35 or 38 number ones?
1: However many. Yeah. Um, A lot of them.
0: Yeah. I've got a huge audience. I'm already markable. I'm already a star. So now it's a partnership.
2: Mm -hmm. Tim doesn't have his
0: hat in his hand. Do you think Sony's going to think they're going to let me? come on board do you think just, just give me a chance just give me a chance just give me a chance <laughs> so, what do you think the guy, odds of a guy like singer like me and a label like you are getting yeah, together getting together and maybe making some one magic in a million. so you're saying <laughs> right. <there's> a chance <laughs> right. but if you change the game i mean because this is what happens like oh aerosmith deal by the way man so here's the power of an audience right now this is times a couple zeros but the same thing holds true on an indie level but when they were with they were revived by Geffen, right? They were on Columbia through the 70s. They got drugged out. They split up. And then uh, in the early 80s, mid-80s, John Clodner over at Geffen signed them and brought them back from the dead. C- you know, cleaned them up enough to get them on the road and, and, and make some new records. And they were fantastic. And God bless them. They released uh, Permanent Vacation and Pump which were mm-hmm. one and two. And then Columbia, I remember Columbia signed them to a $30 million record deal. They were in their 50s at this point. Wow. And um, I didn't understand. I was like, how? I was talking to my buddy, Marco O'Toole, who I've since lost, plus, you know, rest in, rest in peace. But I was like, how? They still had two more records to do with Geffen.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And before they were going to start their deal, and $8 million of that was like guaranteed like just a signing bonus right Mm -hmm. so i'm like how what are they doing like they're still a mess you know like Mm -hmm. like, there's no guarantee that they're even going to be alive two records from now why would (laughs) they spend 30 million dollars on them and you know why because the catalog Uh, because they columbia's still in the catalog catalog was going to revert back to them if they didn't sign them so they signed the deal they got to continue to license the music and and get the get it out to their customers right mm-hmm. deliver product to their customers and aerosmith you know thank god they continue on one of my favorite bands but um this is the power of an audience okay and the relationships that you form with your even your even your first time managers and your independent labels as you start to climb up that ladder are going to be more like joint ventures and less like you're my you're you get to decide if if I'm going to be a star or not yeah you know the, the. Um, I mean, today you don't need to be a superstar. To, you don't need to be rich and famous to come to the negotiating table with an audience. And assembling an audience means that you have power and influence in that deal. Instead of holding your hand in your hand and fingers together, praying that uh, you know your dream is going to come true in this one guy and this one day. You know his dog didn't just die, and he's going to point his finger mm-hmm. at you and say you're going to get your chance. Yeah. And uh, I, I mean, I've been preaching this forever at a Daredevil, but it's like, guys, you've got to adapt all the education that you need, the tools that you need, and the fans that you want to reach are easily accessible from the device that you're probably listening to my voice on right now. Mm-hmm. Most of it is free, um, like this podcast. Some of yep. it costs money, but most of you choose not to pay. And this is, this is another funny thing. I was thinking about this. i not a walking scooter, thinking about this. So many, so many people are just buried in unimaginable debt from their student loans mm-hmm. for an education that statistically most people don't use in the workplace. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and here they're they're hemming and hawing over a couple hundred dollars over some education like, that they <laughs> yeah. are going to use. That's that exactly relevant yeah. to them. <laughs> right. I mean, um, you know what 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 are you saving uh-huh. if you're not gonna if you're not gonna Get the education that's actually going to help you. I don't, how does that make sense? You know, you said it in the last episode if it was easy, everybody would be a hit songwriter, and if it was easy, everybody would yep. be a rock star, but it's also not brain surgery.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, if you're willing to fail a few times, learn, work, and adapt. That's the biggest thing. Adapt. Yeah. Adapt. Get out, stop thinking about it the old way, and start thinking about how you do business with everybody else.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. You know, and if you persevere, you're going to connect to that audience and grow your fan base, and they'll lie down in traffic for you. They'll defend you. They'll support you. They'll create fan accounts on social media. They will love you, and that's it's a promise, and that's what you want, right? You want to be loved, and it's all right there at your fingertips, but you're currently letting or you're planning to allow the Don Kings, right, the Spotifys and the mm-hmm. record labels take your money, or mm-hmm. worse, deny you your dream. That's right. They can set you on a shelf, all because you say, "I suck at marketing." <laughs> right? You know what kind of BS is that, man? Like, you suck at marketing because you refuse to take it seriously. That's the deal. Yeah. It's no wonder, you know. And I'm always amazed by the ideas that my artists get when I get because I got to do a lot of talking and a mm-hmm. lot of work to get them to, into the mindset of okay, this is how we're going to do this. And when they finally mm-hmm. do it, they come up with really good ideas. They're you know, creatives. Yeah, Bailey was 12 years old. She came up with five questions from Bales. Genius, mm-hmm. you know, genius. And, and she's on YouTube and they would hit her up on social media with questions about her mm-hmm. and she would answer them and print out their handle, their their Instagram handle or their Twitter handle and mm-hmm. show it to the screen like, hey, uh, Razor Baxter, at Razor Baxter, thanks so much. My favorite color is blue. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then she would sing a song. I mean, and so people are watching that because they want to see if Bailey's going to mention their name. It's bringing the it yeah. fan effect. I mean, I didn't think of that. She thought of that.
1: <laughs> it's all about the fan.
0: Goodness gracious, yeah. So, so there it is, guys. I mean, it, 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 you have the power, and you have, to stop, you have to stop wanting to give it to somebody else, because as long as you keep wanting to do that, there will be somebody there to do it. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to make the money. But if you come in, I mean, that's what we do here at Daredevil. We are trying. I, I, I've said this before. My, my dream is for that every one of our artists that comes through here gets offered some kind of a deal, or gets approached, and then they, they're conflicted about it. You know, it (laughs) could be the right thing. It could be the right thing to do. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but you—it's the way you come into it. You know Mm -hmm. that. That moment when you met your significant other and, uh, you know, the chance meeting at a coffee shop, it could have been at two o'clock in the morning when you were at a bachelor party with all your buddies and you were housed, throwing up all over yourself and she would, not, right. have, she would not have liked you at all. <laughs> right. And you would not be with her. It's just about the moment. How is how's that first thing? How's that first interaction going to go? You know? All right. Yeah. So anyway, that's all I got to say about that.
1: Awesome. Good stuff. You, you know, you didn't rant nearly as much as you did on the phone the other day.
0: Oh, I was, I'm wasn't glad I, you gotten some of that out. I, I did. I was. I seriously was venting to Brent on this. I, like, I got to go. Got to go. <laughs> Cool. okay okay thanks thanks John. Yeah, i got oh no, all right yeah no i hate that too i hate that too You're right. tears me up tears me up inside i just want you to like, win that's why we're here i buffet. want you guys to get it when you get it it's all everything will be will come to you i promise mm. um so hey listen real quick we're this this brings us to the end of another um killer climb podcast uh as always if you uh If you don't already have it, I have a best-selling Twitter book, and you can learn the ins and outs of Twitter. It's the code that I wrote in that book to crack Twitter and grow your fan base by a 1,000 fans. New people every single month is the same for Instagram. There's just a few little minor tweaks, so it's a good book to get. It's totally free at giftfromjohnny.com, J-O-H-N-N-Y. And also... If you're trying to make this this behavior modification and make this change and get some of the technical tools that you need set up and get a little guidance on that, give us a call for consulting or um, you can actually email me at info at daredevilproduction.com and I'll be happy to sit down with you and uh, consult and just look at every single Uh, social media account that you have show you how to convert those into contacts and give you some ideas on the kind of information that you need to be doling out to the contacts once you get them to keep them on board keep them subscribed and keep them happy uh there's an art to that too it's a lot it's it's stuff to learn but you know what it's i mean i'm not a brain surgeon, man you know i just do it i just do it a lot and and i get better at it you know just like anything else so With that, guys, we'll say, um, once again, we want you to win. We want you to be educated. We want you to know what's going on and and become better artists and, and make a living in this industry. So keep on climbing.
1: And we'll see you at the top.